You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the Essential Apple Podcast. And that rather Rush-esque intro was uh, in honour of Neil Peart, uh, the drummer of Rush, who has of course sadly passed away. Uh, well, never mind. This week, uh, not a lot of Apple news, but luckily we have with us Oliver Breedenbach of Boinks, who is going to talk to us about Photo Magico for iPad. Hello Oliver. Hi, Simon. Uh, good to have you back, mate. Good to have you back. Yeah, and, it's good to be on the show. Yep, and um, I'm joined also by Nick. Hello, Nick. Hi, Simon. Yeah, glad to be on. Uh, uh, we were having a quick chat on um, Slack, weren't we, about uh, about this, and I'm quite looking forward to it because uh, someone's asked me to do a slideshow, so that's quite ah. quite quite timely. Very timely. <laughs> How convenient. How convenient. Very good. <laughs> well, uh there we are. Um, last week, I was feeling a bit under the weather, and there was almost no Apple news at all because everything was about CES. And um, to be honest, this year's CES was not overly exciting. I, I felt. I don't know if you boys follow the news from CES at all. Oh, just a little bit. So um, I'm not a big fan of CES. So I've never been, and uh, I probably will never go. No, no I will almost certainly never go. And most people who do go, um, you know, journalists and uh, tech bloggers and people always seem to come back ill and they call it the, you know, the Vegas flu. I think um, people go to these huge conventions. convention crowd. I yeah. Think is. <laughs> yeah. And they all, they all come back sick and uh, ill um, and exhausted and jet lagged. But um I don't know. It's a funny thing, CES. I mean, it, it seems to be everything from concepts to, uh, you know, uh, sort of new product to uh, sort of tat. <laughs> and uh, there's usually yeah, some... the only thing that uh, the only thing that uh, stood out for me, and I, you know, because I follow electric car things, was the fact that Sony have made a prototype car. Uh, it, was, it was actually a demonstrator for their technologies, but. It was very, very strange to see. Yes, yeah, that was one of the one of the more odd things, and yet uh, it was also, as as sort of concept cars go, really rather you know well put together. I thought. Um, strangely. Yes, it wasn't that outlandish, was it? it no, it was quite kind nice. of, um, yeah, very much a you know as you say a demo for their technologies, which which was rather nice. But other than that, um, this year was pretty uninspiring, to be honest. Um, Lots of TVs. Well, they always have lots of TDs. I mean, it is the Consumer Electronics Show. People were going on about um, 
rolling up screens, but I mean, they've been demoing them for about three years now, so uh, nothing really very new about that. Um, anyway, that's that's enough about that. Um, here we are. So, um, Oliver, yeah. Photo Magico, you have just released yes. Photo Magico for iPad. So, obviously, the uh, you know the first thing we should talk about is we should let you tell us all about Photo Magico for iPad. Well, um. I, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Photomagico for the Mac, uh, which has been available for about 15 years now. Uh, professional slideshow app for photographers. Um, Peter, who is the principal developer behind it, created it um, uh, because he is a passionate photographer and he didn't find anything suitable uh, for replacing he, his analog slide uh, projector thingies uh, with some digital thing. And uh, so he set out to develop his own. And um, it's won a couple of Apple Design Awards. It's very popular among uh, professional photographers and amateur photographers. Um, and, uh, and, and now it's time to bring it to the iPad. And, um, of course, we didn't want to do just... Um, like a viewer app or something. So uh, it, it took a while before... Uh, iOS was um, powerful enough, capable enough um, to allow us to develop um, a complex application like Photomagico. Um, one of the big challenges, of course, is that we don't want any rendering. So if you, you set up your slideshow, you add your photos, you add your videos, you add audio, you add titles, uh, you can have up to six layers of photos, videos, titles in one slide. and um, and that all has to be, you know, um, uh, shown in real time, um, and and all the animation, the zooming, and the cropping, and the effects, and what you ha what have you. Um, we don't want people to have to wait for some rendering. You make your change, you press play, and you go. And um, you know, um, you have to have some pretty good hardware to do this if you. Uh, if you want to, uh, um, you know, use every pixel. Um, I mean, we some other apps um, in the same space sort of are used to for the same kind of purpose. Um, they use tricks like downscaling the the pictures before they display them and things like that. And we didn't want to do that. So um, you know, uh, iOS 11 when that came around, uh, we we found that it was about ready to. Uh, go and then it took three years <laughs> to get to uh, the point where uh, Photomagico for iPad was really ready. And now um, it's available on the App Store. Um, if you have Photomagico for the Mac, um, uh, one of the great uses of Photomagico for iPad is simply that you can take your slideshows on the road, show them to your you know clients, grandma, what have you. On the iPad or connect the iPad to, um, you know, through Apple um, to uh, uh, what is that? Um, Apple TV, yeah. Apple TV. Um, what is that? What is that technology called? I just uh, um, it's just on the, on the brink of my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, um, the, the, the car one is CarPlay, so it's something Airplay. Play. Airplay, Airplay, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Airplay. Airplay. Uh, uh, you can use Airplay to play to your Apple TV, or you can just hook up, uh, you know, a projector or TV screen through HDMI with a with a uh, with a uh, you know one of the dongles uh, that Apple sells, 
And I recently found out that my um, iPad Pro, which has a USB-C uh, connector, actually works with one of those, you know, USB-C to HDMI uh, cables that you can buy for eight bucks off of Amazon. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, um, and uh, and then you can, you know, show your slideshows and. Uh, if you unlock the uh, slideshow editor, which is a monthly or yearly fee, um, then you can also edit and create slideshows on your iPad. Um, you can freely exchange them between the Mac and iPad and the Mac version of Photomagical and the iPad version of Photomagical, swap them uh, back and forth through iCloud or any other transfer mode. Um, and um, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's basically an overview. Um, uh, Photomagical for iPad um, has added uh, some features um, uh, on top of Photomagical for Mac. Uh, we now have some um, interesting uh, effects that you can apply to the photos, uh, like uh, you know lens distortion, um, color correction, um, sepia, uh, all that kind of filters. Actually, uh, basically that people you know are used to from uh, photo. Um, editing apps you can turn your slideshow into a comic uh, strip um, and and things like that fun things like that so and if you want to give it a try um, there's a 14-day free trial period so you download it from the app store um, and you can activate the 14-day free trial create some slideshows play around with it and um, if you like it then you can by uh, either monthly subscription, uh, which is for U uh, US dollars, uh, $4.99 US dollars, and, uh, or a yearly one, which is $39.95 or $99, I think, $39 US dollars and $39.99. Cents. Um, yeah, and uh, where do you get all the information? Uh, our website, boings.com slash photomagico. Um, and there's all the information about photomagico that you might want to know. And um, so, <laughs> uh, any questions? <laughs> no, very, that's very good. I do know, and I've said this before, um, uh, Mike, who's the you know chairman of our Mac user group, always mm -hmm. recommends Photo Magico and has done for years. Good. He's um, very, very yeah, yeah. Uh, happy user. That's good to hear. I'm so, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I noticed the... Uh... I noticed the, the desktop, um, the Mac version, you can mm -hmm. input to YouTube. Can you do the same with the iPad yeah, version? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, uh, Photomagical for iPad um, has almost, I think it has all the features of Photomagical for the Mac. Cool. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, some some things that the Mac operating system can do, maybe we can't do yet on but I'm not sure about that actually. So yeah, um, you can uh, you can share um, the slideshow when we've done it. Um, you can uh, you can uh, do a live presentation or you know render out a YouTube vi a, a, a video MP4 video or MP5 video um, and upload that to Facebook, YouTube, you know, uh -huh. Instagram, what have you. So um, yeah, so that's that, that basically um, you. You can, if you don't have a Mac or don't want to use the Mac for slideshows, then you can just do the slideshow on the iPad. Yeah, fabulous. And, and um, I see here you've got uh, getting started tutorials and um, video of your launch event um, on your site. Yeah, so so the um, so of course um, you know the one of the basic um, or the, the the underlying design principles was always that we 
want applications that are powerful enough so the professionals want to use them, but also easy enough so um, that you don't have to have a steep learning curve. You can just um, basically get going. And the tutorial, if you watch that, you'll see that it's really, really easy um, to make a slideshow. Um, and uh, basically, you can just uh, drag in your photos, rearrange them, add some music. The music will automatically, uh, so the music that comes with uh, Photomagic for iPad, you can either use the music that's on your iPad, um, provided all the DRM stuff and you know you have the rights to do that. And also, uh, Photomagico comes with a collection of uh, Cre Creative Commons licensed music. Um, and we've already added, um, um, you know, what we call the audio markers. The audio markers help you time the slideshow to the music. So if you drag in um, one of the songs from the, from the library that has the audio markers, um, the, your slides will automatically be timed to um, to to the beat or to, uh, yeah to the to the beat of the music basically. Um, that's really good. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that saves an awful lot of time for those of us who are. I mean, yeah. I'm a musician anyway, but but <laughs> <laughs> that, that that does save an awful lot of time. I've, I've watched the demo. Uh -huh. um, I, I was quite impressed by what you can do. Fair, as you say, without much without trying very hard, really. It's, yeah. Uh, it's nice. Yeah. And then and if you want to do, if you want to do more complex stuff, of course you have always have, and that's a difference to many other slideshow apps that are on the iPad, is you always can tweak everything, uh, determine the timing, uh, at, you know, uh, change the animation, all kinds of uh, things you can do. Um, and if you want to do more complex stuff, we have something called snippets, and snippets are basically um, empty templates where all the you know you know the animation the images that should be there and so forth are predefined you just drop in your pictures or movies and the snippet will al al already do something interesting like um you know um an opening title or a closing credits or you know um a, a full travel log um and and you have you sort of had a have a shots list where you can you work your way through um through all the pictures taking all the pictures on your trip then just dropping them in and then you've got a a, a really good um, um traveling slideshow for example and you can create your own snippets so if you are a professional photographer who does a lot of you know i don't know uh concerts or something you can create your own template and just work through the template and create a really fast create um, slideshows for your clients. Um, that That's, you know, um, one of the things that um, make make uh, Photomagical worth what it is. So Yeah, that, that's very good. I like that. I mean, um, that reminds me mm -hmm. um, a little bit of the, um, do you remember when Apple had some, they made some, they were quite humorous really, weren't they? But they made some sort of templates for shooting um you know, yeah, the I mean, iMovie templates, yeah. Yeah, but they had some for doing um like trailers, didn't they? Like cinematic yeah, 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 trailers, yeah. which were yeah. which were quite clever. And they were they were like that, where they were a list of shots mm -hmm. and it would say, you know, close up, <coughs> you mm -hmm. know, landscape, close up, action shot, and then just a clue of how to put them together. Um Yeah. yeah and I know exactly. that, that was just so a bit one of the highlights. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, um, if if you if you want to make a slideshow, you can either spend a lot of time um, 
trial and error get the things or you you just make use of um, uh, um, the predefined snippets and get there much faster. Well, I, well I, it's I, one of the nice things about about piece of software that's been developed by someone who's doing it almost for himself. Yes, is, is, yes. Is, is, is that, is that, he is I mean, doing I, it for that, himself. <laughs> yes, I am that kind of person who, if I see something, and particularly when it comes to spreadsheets, and because that's what that's what I used to do as a job. Okay. Um, notice I say I used to do because I retired last Friday. <laughs> oh wow! Congratulations. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you. Um, now we and, have time to do um, slideshows instead. <laughs> I do. I do. And uh, one of the things that you know with spreadsheets is sometimes people would come to me at work with a spreadsheet and say, "Do you think you could just run this process through? This is how you do it. This is how you do it." And the first thing I think is. I'm sure I could automate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's a little bit like this, isn't it? You're actually getting some tools that actually just makes it easy. Yeah. You can be, as as you say, as complex as you want. But if you want, you can just drop in the template and you're away. Yeah, like... you also can use the template as a starting point and then work. You know, you've already got some thing and then you just tweak yes. at it and, you know, for your heart's content. And then, you know, yeah. Make sounds hard. good. <laughs> well, I always, right. I always think those sort of things are, are, are very important as well for um, you know either people who um, are beginners or when you first get um, you know an application like that. And it's, it's the same with desktop publishing, which is why I, you know, um, I'm quite a big supporter of like Swift Publisher for people who are complete amateurs because it comes with a nice set of templates, professionally designed. Um, for a whole range of projects, which you know, if if you're feeling intimidated by <laughs> a blank sheet of paper, which many people are, you know, you can pick a template and then you put your text and your pictures in, and you can you can just use it as it comes. Or, of course, you can then start messing about with the colours and the fonts and and so on. But it's just a, it's just a starting point, and um, you know, the same thing with the slideshow. It's not something I'm really uh very big on but if i if i was going to start doing a slideshow for some reason i certainly would probably not start with just a blank page because otherwise i'd end up very much with a sort of traditional stream of photo 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 you know, <laughs> transition photo yeah but photo. i can also i can also tell you that um you know professional photographers also benefit from this because uh let's say you are um uh a uh, you are a um uh, uh um wedding photographer for example and you do the same thing every time uh all the time and 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 the the template the helps you to you know just get it done faster yeah exactly so, brilliant you know and yeah, as you say yeah, you can yeah. build your own snippets so if you have a you know a house style for your presentations you can build a snippet and and then work with that that's, that's excellent excellent i so, also like i also yeah. like the fact that it um, from the video that i saw that it, it it's quite accessible um it, it, you can quickly get stuck into i mean even if you just drag your photos in and then watch the slideshow <laughs> yeah it, it's some some pieces of software you open up and you think well now what yeah, yeah. <laughs> do i click on this button what do i do whereas it seems very intuitive and as you say you can spend as little or as much time on it as you want and it'll do an awful lot of stuff for you um if you want it if that's what you want and i like that duality about it that it, it's good for the beginner but it's got the features sitting in the background for when you yeah. need them yeah well that's you know that's always the way with 
I say it time and again, and I'm sure you've said it as well, Nick. It's like any good piece of software for whatever it's attempting to to achieve should have an accessible kind of level so that somebody new to it, you know, or for example, somebody like my daughter can come to it and see how it works and work with it. In some ways, in some ways it's a little bit like a, in some ways it's a little bit like a game. Yeah. You you wouldn't <laughs> want to give someone a game for the first time and throw them right into the deep end and them only live for 13 seconds before they die each time. Yeah. Because they're very quickly they're very quickly <laughs> that always happens to me. What am I doing wrong there? <laughs> 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 oh, well, some of the games are actually written. Some of the games are actually written for people who are really good at gaming in the first place. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's most right. most of the most of the uh, first person shooters are this way. I feel like I'm uh, start the game and I immediately die. <laughs> Oops. And before and yes, I can I, figure out how, know, how to turn um, around and things. <laughs> you know, you know how they have statistics at the end of each level. Oh yeah. Okay. Mine always says something like, uh, you completed the level, you died 493 times. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that the ones that always get me are the ones that are at, the, at the end of a level like that. They have, you know, uh, you, you, you completed the level. You took three hours and 10 minutes to get from, you know, get through the <laughs> level, you know, uh, sort of champion speed. 10 minutes it's like what oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you have to play like hundreds and thousands of hours um, yeah, to, get to get to the champions level so <laughs> it's like they all started with three hours so but i don't have the, i i simply don't have the time to uh you know figure out how to and, and what's the strangest thing for me is to figure out how that you know you move in one direction with the one joystick and the other direction you turn around and that's a different kind of thing <laughs> so you can run basically in a different direction than you face that is the one thing i'm 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 you know i'm too old for that <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. i don't know uh, i don't know whether um, either of you have seen um, dara O'Brien doing um, metal gear solid no uh, i can't say i have no oh it's very funny well oh. worth watching um uh, because no. he's he's like everybody else you know he's he's he, it's got the sort of thing that where he, he, he said uh, i'd walk along for for two steps and then crouch for no really apparent reason yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or put, yeah, maybe thought, i should yeah, maybe maybe i should start uh, a youtube channel like the the uh, you know the the you know live game streaming uh, mm. let's play <laughs> let's play, not to play the, the, the ignorant <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> no, but uh, coming back, uh, coming back to uh, Photo Magical, if, if we can for a second. Uh, so one of the um, one of our you know deeply ingrained principles in the company is that, um, and and it's good that you mentioned your daughter because um, you know we we always want the the apps to be so easy that the you know kids at school will use them or want to use them or the teachers yeah. want to use them in schools because we think that um we we make creative apps and we like uh, you know we like the idea that and it's it's great we get um you know all kinds of stories from teachers all the time and how how, how what what great stuff the kids do with our software and that's one of the you know, uh, most satisfying things, um, you know, about making my, making applications is to see, you know, young young people um, uh, create great stuff with it. And, and 
you know uh, and yeah, that's uh, great. because because like a, you know a professional you know um of course they can do great things and the tools we provide them um enable them to you know make that easier faster more cost effective uh, and make more money from it but you know they they could do the same thing with uh, some other piece of software and um you know um, but they you know if we can enable a lot of people uh, you know do things that they couldn't do otherwise um that's that's the, that's really great you know yeah, yeah. i think that's, that's great oh, i agree with that yeah that's very i mean like like when we were talking about um it's our sort of desktop publishing special um mm-hmm. we, we we were talking about you know sort of desktop pub publishing you know getting started with it as a as an amateur i mean obviously that's what i do mm-hmm. for a living and i've spent you know <laughs> nearly 40 years doing it but you're right um and the same thing we were saying you know these things need to be intuitive because people yeah. have to be able to otherwise people just give up they're just daunted and, and go oh, i can't do it yeah and um yeah, the benefits for the professional is that they can spend more time on actually making money. Yeah, and <laughs> they don't have to spend a lot of time on learning how to uh, figure out the tools. Um, yeah. And the yeah. tools are, but on the other hand, the tools are powerful enough to enable them to do things um, easier and and you know um, do basically more than um, you know they they were were able to do without the tools. So that's that's the goal. Yep, uh, very very much so, and. Um... As I say, uh, Mike, our um, chair of the Mac User Group, he's a professional photographer. Uh, he specialises in theatre work, photographing productions and so on. And um, that's the only type of uh, photography he does now. But in, in the past, he did weddings and things as well. Um, and he always swore blind that Photo Magico was the only, you know, um, the only slide presentation program he was, uh, you know, interested in using. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So should we do some sort of uh, giveaway or something? So we, um, yeah, if you, would, I, if you, you know, if, if you'd like, if you would like to, I'm sure the listeners. Yeah, we be. can, we can, uh, we can, you know, uh, you know, among the listeners, we can, uh, we can uh, raffle off, or how, how would you want to do it, like a well, contest well, or something? Well, or? what we norm, what we normally do is, um, you know, you uh, people say, oh well, we'll give you, you know, two copies, three copies, whatever, and then I uh, get the listeners to email in. Um, and then mm-hmm. all the names go in a hat, and I simply pull out however many uh, winners there are, and then uh, all right. okay. we send them the license, usually. So, yeah, so, so let's do two uh, Photomagical for iPad one-year subscriptions. Okay. Does that, that's does that sound good? Yeah, that's right. fabulous. Good. Okay, good, so good. you heard it from Oliver. If you're interested in winning a year's license to Photomagico for the iPad, email essentialapple at sudo mail that's s-u-d-o mail dot com and uh names in a hat in what should we say uh three weeks time and uh we'll pull out the names and the winners will get an email with their with their license and thank you thank you oliver thank you very much yep um there we absolutely. go absolutely uh that's photo magico and they're not the only that's not the only app you do of course is that you do um you have iStop stop motion which is a stop yes. motion <laughs> stop motion yes, yes. it's it's uh it has a great name right <laughs> yeah so, well, okay. yeah does what yes. it says on the tin <laughs> yeah yes 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 exactly yeah, the uh, iStop Motion for iPad also um, is, you know, available in the App Store. Um, and, uh, yeah, we uh, were still working on uh, the the Mac version that we had to uh, 
Well, uh, you can still buy the Mac version. If you don't use Catalina, you can still use it. Okay. Um, it it's not working on Catalina. Uh, Apple finally removed the uh, the QuickTime libraries that uh, Quick uh, that uh, iStop Motion on the Mac uh, so heavily relies on. And uh, so um, we uh, our plan was to use the the Catalyst app, uh, you know, technology that right. um, um, uh, Apple announced uh, at the. Uh, at the World Apps Conference uh, together with Catalina um, to move the iPad app over to the Mac. Um, however, you know, Catalyst isn't, um, you know, maybe not totally there yet. And uh, we still have uh, you know, uh, some things to figure out. And, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah. So it's uh, it's not going as fast as we thought. So well, there you uh, go. That's it. But it's yeah. But uh, okay. the iPad version, um, uh, the iPad version is um, getting more popular all the time because you know the iPad is really a great camera with a huge, um, yeah. a huge um, viewfinder. Um, what's it called? <laughs> viewfinder. Yeah, exactly. With a huge viewfinder, and if you um, if you use it for stop motion animation, uh, one of the the biggest uh, things in uh, with iStop Motion is the the ghosting um, effect for um, for the preview, so you can see exactly how how far you moved stuff uh, for your animation. So if you if you want a smooth animation, um, it's, it's it's important that you move stuff um, and in, in a you know more or less constant way. And you know the professionals, of course, they measure everything, but you know you want to get you know, animation done fast. And so, um, you know, being able to see what's changing you know, from the previous um, picture to the next picture is is kind of, a, the, you know, the killer feature um, of iStop Motion that helps you animate really, really fast. Yep. Yeah, and also, um, we, we, we have a couple more applications. We want to go through all of them. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, well, you know, give them a shout so, out. So, uh, yeah, so the uh, another nice iOS app is Photo Presenter for uh, iOS. And uh, what that helps you do is if you if you are visiting your, your grandmother um, and you've hooked up your iPad to uh, or your iPhone, to her um, television set uh, or a screen or a projector or something, and you want to show the the, the photos from your last um, uh, from your last holiday. Um, what you don't want is you don't want to see them all the photos, you know. So you just want you want to pick the best ones, or you want to not show the ones that are you know some somehow um, you know embarrassing or uh, any kind of that. <laughs> And uh, but if you use the standard Apple um, Photos app, um, when you're looking for the pictures, everybody can see you know you scrolling through the pictures uh, on on the Apple TV. And um, if you don't want that, um, Photo Presenter allows you to privately scroll on your iPad or iPhone, and only if you tap on a picture, then it goes out um, to the screen, so um, you are able to select. Um, and not show some pictures you don't want people to see. And also we have a you know a, a built in um, laser pointer kind of feature um, and uh, and uh, you can uh, you can use that um, to highlight stuff you know if you talk about uh, you know special architecture or something um, and you can use that to to draw people's attention to whatever you want on the image. 
And um, <clears throat> the last but not least, the you know the the application we do most uh, we invest most right now into is uh, Mimo Life. Um, it's a live production system, and I, uh, you know, for live video streams like uh, YouTube Live or Facebook Live, or if you want to record, you know, a presentation or something, you can have multiple cameras capture the uh, presentation, the PowerPoint presentation, do all the mixing and editing while the presentation is going on. And when the presentation is done, you have your recording, which means that it's very useful for um, you know universities to create their, um, their content for schools. Um, they do um, new shows with the kids. Um, and the key here is that um, you know um, reducing the need for post-production or eliminating it completely um, helps you get content out really, really fast. And uh, you know that's you know the live product live live you know the the broadcast term is live to tape. Um, if you do only a recording, and of course if you do live streaming, then you don't have any choice. You have to do the editing in real time because the you know your video goes out in in live real time to Facebook, YouTube, or whatever, uh, Twitter. Uh, and we can we can basically support any streaming destination that has an RTMP input. So um, all the streaming platforms, um, all the streaming boxes that that are out there, uh, basically work also with Numolife. And um, um, yeah, and and that's that's great fun because we just uh, released uh, yesterday, I think, or the day on Friday, I think, uh, we released a, a, a success story for um, if you know. Uh, uh, for where um, we showed how uh, uh, Schalke, uh, which is a, a big German, uh, very traditional German um, football club, um, uses Numolife in their uh, stadium stadium production. So they use it to drive um, not only the, uh, uh, the the jumbotrons in, in the stadium, but also for their live uh, video production. So that's that's quite you know exciting to have. Uh, customers like that, yeah. um, Formula One, and among others, um, using using the application for you know um, all your live streaming, all your live video production needs. That's uh, really cool. And it's and uh, you know we also we also have something for I, I have to mention it and <laughs> you can um, we also have uh, something uh, we added a couple of releases ago we added um, individual uh, uh, recording of individual sources so you can now have we have an audio podcasting template where you can have multiple. Um, uh, Multiple callers, uh, like we do here now, um, with um, you know, um, and and record in high high audio quality um, with Nemo Live, and uh, then later use that audio in your favorite audio editing app and put together a really really good um, uh, podcast. Next. So yeah, uh, I'm sure we have some other things, <laughs> but I, well, of course, the I other, think we'll the run other, out of time. <laughs> well, the, other, the other the other one, of course, that. Um, it's very popular. It's the mouse pose. Yeah, yeah. Which is, well, um, um, that that is uh, if you if you if you do a lot of uh, presentations like at Mac user groups or you know wherever, and you need uh, a tool to highlight stuff on the screen uh, or you're doing screencasts or something like that, um, then mouse pose is a really cool tool because it's it's sort of like an inverted. Um, it's a, it's sort of like a flashlight. Um, 
where um, you pointed at the screen, but the, you know it's inverted because the rest of the screen goes dark and the area you want to show stays bright because you can't really, you know, make make things on the screen brighter, but uh, you can you make can make deep. stuff darker yeah. around it. So um, and um, yeah, and so so it helps you uh, highlight stuff on the screen uh, during a presentation, for example. Yep, it's a very very popular little tool. I have to say that. Yeah, that's and, uh, really good. There you go. So, um, oh yeah, that uh, excellent, excellent, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fabulous. So, um, I'll tell you what, we'll go. Shall we yep. take a five-minute break while uh, John Nemo tells us about a couple of JBL uh, Bluetooth products, um, and we will refresh our cup of tea, and uh, we'll be back in five minutes. Take it away, John. <laughs> Nemo's hardware store is featuring two premium audio products from JBL, jbl.com. First are headphones, over-the-ear headphones that can either be wired or Bluetooth wireless. They come in three colors, a silver, a gray, and a blue. They're called the JBL Everest Elite, E-V-E-R-E-S-T, like the mountain. JBL Everest Elite, E-L-I-T-E. 750NC for noise cancelling. Wireless over-ear adaptive noise cancelling headphones. In American prices, they're $200 to $300. So I expect that will be more or less what you'll find in pounds and euros and your local currency. That's the range we're talking about. Premium headphones. They're a couple of years old and they're a little bit hard to find. Not a brand new product, but a strong recommendation from Nemo's hardware store. I just went on a trip over to New Orleans, so I was on several airplane rides. I had plenty of chance to test the noise canceling and the audio and the folding features of the JBL Everest Elite 750NC. Now, JBL has been taking some grumps and some grumbles, people saying they're not the company they used to be. Well, they're not the company they used to be, but they have some excellent products in the premium range that you should consider. They fold up so they're easy to travel with, easy to carry. They're rugged build, very comfortable for long hours, really good sound, several levels of noise canceling and ambient aware features so you can hear what's going on in the room or the airplane around you. Sound is very good. Bluetooth works perfectly. And for airplane travel, I've found them to be way better than I thought they would be. I've always been skeptical of noise-canceling products that either canceled the noise so well that the audio was lousy, or the audio was good and the noise-canceling didn't work very well, or they worked great one way, wired, but not so great wireless or vice versa. Anyway, the JBL Everest Elite 750NC, for me, are the best of all worlds. So look these up. See if they're available in your country. They're worth saving up for. You can find them reconditioned or refurbed or ebayed or whatever. These are headphones you're going to have for a long time, and you're going to enjoy wired, wireless, and more important, noise-canceling audio. So you won't know the terrible things that are going on around you unless you want to know all or part of that. You can tune that out. You can dial that down, and you can just immerse yourself with beautiful audio. So that's product number one. Next, for $500 U.S., 
is a product that's, again, a couple of years old, but it's still in stock. It's called the JBL Boombox. That's it. Easy to remember the name. $500. Premium product. This is a boombox like you've never seen. It's gigantically large and heavy with a humongous sound. It's waterproof, has a very, very long playtime. I almost never need to recharge it. And by the way, the battery power and the duration of audio using those headphones is also excellent. I didn't need to charge them the entire time I was away. Anyway, gigantic sound, long playtime, terrific wireless Bluetooth with two different sound profiles. JBL claims epic sound all day long, made to be the most powerful portable Bluetooth speaker, and they actually are. It is extraordinary. I use this when I teach. When I go into a classroom to teach, I put this right in the middle of the room. doesn't matter how near or how far away I'm doing my playlist, and everybody in the room can hear it. It is a massive sound with really good, crisp, rich bass and mid-range and nice, tight trebles. My daughter and I did a evaluation of all the speakers in my life. And for portable speakers, for portable audio, these came in first by a long shot. The JBL Boombox. So look it up. Let's see, what's the weight on it? In pounds, 12 pounds. That's over 5 kilograms. It's big, it's strong, it's durable. You will have this for the rest of your life. There's a nice video on their website from IFA 2017. So these are both three years old or so, but they are going to be around for a long time for the premium audio lovers. Deep pockets worth every penny. Thanks for sticking with Nemo's Hardware Store here on Essential Apple. Back next week, and we're going to be listening portable the whole year, 2020. Thank you, John. And as ever, all the links will be in the show notes. And this is where I tell you, uh, of course, if you're going to buy stuff, whether it's uh, anything that John has mentioned or anything else from the shop, uh, from the show or, you know, just a pair of socks or something. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to the website, click the big red, uh, you know, Amazon button and uh, then do your shopping and we get a little bit of a kickback, which is uh, handy for paying some of the bills. Uh, right. So um, moving on to a few stories. Not that there's a huge amount going on, obviously, uh, this time of year. Um Apple have launched a smart battery case replacement program. Um, the the smart battery cases are not actually very old, are they? The, the, the weird humpback uh, smart battery cases. Apparently, um, there is a problem with some of them where they either do not charge or only charge intermittently or are otherwise misbehaving. If you have one of those, uh, take it back to Apple and they will replace it for you. Um, as they quite rightly should, of course. But uh, there we go. Really good. Um, uh, I must admit, my um, my eleven seems to last amazingly. Yeah. I mean, I use my phone a reasonable amount during the. I suppose I'm not a heavy user, but I use it a reasonable amount. And even when I do use it quite a lot, it's still got sixty or seventy percent left at the end of the day. Well, yeah, I find amazing. At, at my 
I mean, it depends a lot on 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 a reception of the cell uh, phone signal and oh, that's Wi-Fi. true. Yeah, that's so, true. I live um, in a city, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have good reception, it ta- yeah. If you live right next to the cell tower, um, it probably takes two <laughs> or three days before it runs out of battery, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, probably. Probably, yeah. I mean, I have to admit, my 10R, you know, I could go, I can go two days easily. Um, yes, I think I could with the 11 as well. Yeah, um, most, most uh, of the time. remarkable, really, how uh, how much more efficient they've become over time. It is, it is indeed. Um, Apple have slashed the trading values of iPhones, iPads, Macs, and Apple Watch models. Um, there's not really much to say about that. I mean, Apple have basically downgraded the amount of money they will give you on uh, if you trade in your old uh, kit for new, you know, towards new kit. Um, I think they've slashed up to a hundred dollars off their uh, off their prices. Mm. Um, That's a shame. Yeah. Um, to be honest, they were not exactly overly generous with the prices they offered you uh, on trading anyway. So, uh, no, I think the last two I've sold mine through um, Music Magpie because they were better than yeah. the trading was. Yeah. So. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think the problem is probably that uh, they they um, they get uh, you know a lot, they probably get a lot of trash back. So, um, you know, things they can't refurbish easily. So I think that's maybe a reflection of the quality of, you know, the return. No, it could be. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Product. Could be. Could uh, because well be. it's it's like, it's like, a, it's it's certainly a, 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 a um, you know, a mixed calculation. So, you know, they, they may be able to resell some of those devices or most of the devices as refurbished and they have to, you know, um, you know, uh, what's, what's the well, English break, word for Break them up for recycling. And... Break, yeah, recycle, you know, break them up for parts. Um, and, you know, maybe it turns out that parts have been become cheaper and so it's not that economically anymore um, to break them apart. Uh, Things like that. They're, I mean, they're you know. quite quite possible, Oliver. Quite possible because, yeah. of course, it's what I, I guess you know for people like us. What uh, you know, like Nick saying he went to Music Magpie because they give him a better deal. But of course, we're looking at it from our end of the view, where we're probably people who really take care of our kit, and so when, when <laughs> yes, you want to true. trade it in, it's it's you know nigh on pristine, you know, it's tip top condition, and. Uh, Therefore, you take it to a you know a, somewhere like Music Magpie or the CEX or one of these people, um, and they will say, "Oh well, yes, look, that's in good nick. We can get, I don't know, we'll be able to sell that for five hundred quid or whatever." So they'll they'll give you a good offer on it. But I mean, all you have got to do realistically is you know get on a train or a bus and look at the state of a lot of people's um, yeah. smartphones, and they are. I remember. Uh... I remember selling on a an Android phone to a to a friend at, at, at work actually, and uh, when when he got it, he said, "Have you actually used this?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, just look after it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and yet you do see some people, and they, you know, if you're going to pay eight hundred, nine hundred, a thousand pounds for a phone, you would think people would look after them, but you see people's phones all the time, and they're well, they yes, look like they've been kicked around, and you know somebody's used them to play football in the playground. I mean, and think, <laughs> gee, whiz, really? They have, they have, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Some of them possibly have, but there you go. So, yeah, I guess there's that, and um, 
I guess there's also the fact, of course, that yeah, Apple do say that you know they responsibly recycle all of the stuff that you know that you trade in that can't be refurbished and resold, and that obviously isn't free. Um, there's a cost to doing that, um, which you know they have to bear. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. the, the, I guess the, the 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 real thing with like that is if you have something you wish to trade in, shop around, shop around and see what you can get. Yes. I think it's much more likely going to be someone looked at the figures and said, we're not making enough margin on that. <laughs> and, and they've, so they've yeah, yeah, that's the sad thing about Apple right now is that they are more concerned about, uh, you know, maximizing profit than they are maximizing usability and utility of the products. Mm. Uh, sad to say that, but um, that's mm. just how it is, you know, so. Um, I, I've not put it in the show notes. I really should have because somebody sent me a link to a company, might have been in the Slack room actually, who um, buy, not necessarily for very much, but they will buy uh, your, you know, older and broken phones and iPods and, and whatnot. Um, and obviously the stuff that's good, you know, is refurbished for resale or whatnot, but the stuff that's, um, you know, broken, uh, they recycle, you know, ethically recycle for parts. And, oh, right. Uh, okay. Um, I need to dig up that link because actually if I was to go around my house and pick up all the dead iPhones, <laughs> from, <laughs> for, well, you know, I mean, over the years we've accumulated rather... We all, we all have a box for that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, I mean, there's five of us and, uh, you know, what's sort uh, even the even the boy who's eleven has had an iPhone, you know, of one type or another for several years, and before that he had iPod Touch. So if I went round the house and emptied all the drawers of dead um, and long deceased phones and the like, I could probably yeah probably could get a shoebox full. Um, and you know, you kind of think, how do I get rid of them sensibly? That's for a reason. They're all collecting in my house because I don't really know what to do with them. I don't, you know, you can't throw them in the bin because they've got lithium batteries and all sorts of other weird and wonderful materials in them that definitely should not be buried in the ground. Um, it's, you know, supermarkets here have the battery bins, don't they, where you can take your yes. your alkaline batteries so that they can be suitably disposed of or you know recycled or whatever um it's almost like you want bins for dead <laughs> dead smartphones and the like you, you, you drop your dead iphone in here and we'll recycle it and um... well i think and and uh i think if you if you bring a device to the apple store they have to take it right uh, as as long as you're in the european union as long you know at least so <laughs> uh so you could just take the box to apple and say here you know yeah, take them get rid of them take yeah. take them and yeah, <laughs> they have to they have to uh uh pay for the uh um Recycling, disposal. You know? yeah, recycling yeah. and disposal. It's right. the H um, R O H S. <laughs> um, Very good thing. Yeah. Yep, yep. Well, you know, and I mean, at the new year we were talking about it about that sort of thing, and yeah, we are all going to have to become much more aware of this, all these kind of things, and become much stricter about making sure that things are, you know, recycled and um, mm -hmm. reused where possible. Anyway, there we are. Um, AirPod Pro owners uh, are complaining that the noise cancellation uh, has degraded after a recent firmware update. 
Um, Carl was talking about this actually on his show. Um, yes, I heard him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Apple obviously uh, know there's something wrong with it because they pulled the firmware update apparently. Um, so if you're, if you're, uh, I don't know how you would know what firmware you've got, but if your, uh, if your noise cancellation on your AirPods Pro no longer seems as good as you recall, um, you could well be actually affected. Um, I have no doubt that uh, Apple will. Well, push. what I know, what I noticed recently is that they started falling out of my ears. Right. They, they kept. So, so my ears have my, my ears must have gotten an upgrade or something, and <laughs> I wonder if I can roll that back. <laughs> oh, I think my, I think my whole whole body has an upgrade, and I don't really don't like the way it's gone. <laughs> yes. I don't I don't like this new system software. Uh, yeah. Oh dear. So anyway, if you have AirPods Pro and you are affected, I guess you're just going to have to grit your teeth and wait until Apple uh, release another firmware update <laughs> to fix it. And I guess the yes, this is the sort of it just works thing that we seem to be getting more and more of. And these are the th this is stuff. This is the stuff that's tarnishing Apple's image. I'm sure because. Um, no, we all know that bugs can slip through, but some of these things are like, really? Did did nobody check this firmware before they punted it out? It's just... Yeah, and the interesting thing is they keep hiring engineers like crazy. It's if you know more engineers would fix that yep. somehow. And we all know, but that, you know, that... we we all know that's not true. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wonder what's going on inside Apple there because, yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. I don't. They know. they do have. They do have some issues, I think, and I don't know. From the outside, you know, there's you can't you you can't see anything inside, of course. But uh, no. yeah, it's very from what you see good. from the outside, it's not good. No, <laughs> it's not. You know, of late, the just the the number of software screw ups that, that seem to have got out of the door. Um, as you say, more you know, hiring more engineers. The mythical man month proves that that does not solve anything. Well, what they need, I think, is to slow down a bit and have a bit more Q and A uh, rather than trying, yeah. you know, to just chuck more people at the problems. There we go. Um, technology. Moving on to technology. Uh, this is a name that probably most people will not know. Uh, a guy by the name of Gary Starkweather has died at 81, and he uh, should be remembered because he invented the laser printer. There you go. So oh. uh, sounds and... like a sounds like a a, a role playing game name, doesn't it? <laughs> Starkweather. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. But um, apparently, uh, there's a link to the article uh, in the Washington Post with his obituary. Um, he invented, uh, whilst at Xerox, he uh, wanted to uh, basically feed the digital output from a computer into a Xerox machine and make it uh, into a printer. And uh, apparently, at the time, management were not very keen on this, so he had to do half of it in sort of on his own uh, or in his spare time <laughs> or whatever. Um, and there we are. Uh, without him, the world would be a very different place. Let's put it that way. There we are. Well, Xerox, Xerox you know, uh, there's an awful lot of interesting stuff came out of Xerox yeah. in the early days, wasn't there? Stuff that became other things, <laughs> like the mouse. And yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah. There we are. So, uh, you know, Gary Starkweather, inventor of the laser printer, has died. We aged. salute you, sir. Yes, yes dies aged 81. Um, there we are. Um, 
I, I guess we, you know, we had one the other day, didn't we? The inventor of the bulletin board uh, passed away. Um, I guess we're going to get more and more of those because the sort of pioneers now are going to be yes. pushing on into their golden years, as it were. So um, mm. there we are. Uh, we've got a couple of battery stories. We like battery stories. We do. <laughs> we do. Um, a new lithium sulfur battery could let phones last five days between charges, according to Engadget. Um, of course, I think this is a yet another once we manage to get it out of the lab uh, stories. Uh, yeah. Um, lithium sulfur I've, I've heard of the, I've heard of lithium sulfur before. Have yeah. you? Okay. Uh, mm. Apparently, it says here they have been in the news for years. But a new design might be worthy of notice. Um, okay. Um, they have crafted what they claim that is the most efficient lithium sulfur battery to date. An appropriately sized unit reportedly has enough of a charge to run your smartphone for five days. Um, and a car sized oh, cool. packet uh, would theoretically keep an EV driving for more than 621 miles. Goodness gracious. Um, ooh, now, yeah. It has a reduced environmental impact and a low-cost manufacturing process. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the sulfur's, yeah. Mm. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of sulfur in it. So, yes, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. The key was to rework the particle bonds in sulfur cathodes to help them handle higher loads uh, without a decrease in capacity, performance, or stability, apparently. Um, and then there's a bit more that explains more in depth uh, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, what does it say? Um, Many researchers have touted battery breakthroughs that never seem to make shipping products. Uh, there's a lot of work yeah. involved in batteries to market. Um, and, of course, we're, uh, you know, as we've said several times on this show, uh, batteries uh, and battery technology is pretty much the new oil, I think. Those who... Uh, those who come up with the best, uh, you know, battery technology are going to become obscenely rich and uh, run the world, probably. There we are. Um, and secondly, uh, a new graphene battery recharges blazingly fast and is already on the market, according to Digital Trends. I've read that story and that uh, headline's not strictly true, actually. Oh, um, shame. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> they are... They, uh, have um a graphene probably uh, a translation error <laughs> it has a it has a uh, they have a graphene enhanced battery uh which is you know in development uh they have some graphene enhanced um power banks which you can buy but that is not the technology uh that is you know, in this one they're talking about. Oh, uh, right. Okay. So they've mixed the two up, really. Well, they've kind of the company that uh, is saying they've got this new graphene battery technology and uh, it, it's wonderful. That's still, uh, you know, yet to be um, made into a shipping product. But they do, mm -hmm. you can buy some consumer um, power banks made by this company which have graphene in them, which apparently enhance them. But it's not the new technology that the company is touting um but again i suppose you know it's uh all about who can deliver who can ramp up uh really isn't it people yes. keep people keep Absolutely. telling us they've got these uh fabulous technologies we need to see them actually coming out the door um like uh last show we had the ibm one that was as you said it's ibm that gives us some hope it might actually make it into an actual product um there we are 
lots of stories about batteries because batteries are where it's going to be for the next, I don't know, 30 years, 50 years, I would have thought. There we are. Um, on AR, we've got a couple here. Uh, Facebook's chief scientist says mass adoption of AR is years away. Um, he's basically saying that the technology is nowhere near ready for you know making smart glasses or the like. Um, that's a link over at the information. Um, I think personally that he's being a little bit, um, you know, a little bit gloomy about the whole thing. Um, I, I think that's, um, I think I think part of the problem is um, is not so much the technology, but it's the use case. It's it, people understanding where we might use AR and how we might use AR. Mm. And um, I'm not convinced that we fully understand what we want to use it for. We're just it's one of these technologies where we're we're trying to push ahead with it without really having a proper use case for it. I so, mean, yeah, this we'll guy, <laughs> this guy apparently leads Facebook's Reality Labs, um, a Washington, uh, Redmond-based research group which includes teams of academics and engineers, um, including virtual reality and augmented reality products. His cautious timeline for AR eyewear reflects a series of technical breakthroughs in everything from batteries to user inf- interfaces which will need to happen before large numbers of people are willing to put computers on their faces. Um, graphene. Um, that, that graphene battery, they can use that, can't they? Yeah, they can. They can, indeed. Um, it'll charge. They just put their glasses down for five seconds and it'll be fully charged. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he's perhaps being a little too cautious. I mean, he's saying five to ten years. At, the truth is, well, no, I think one of the problems is that it's that, that it is scientists and engineers who make this, right? Hmm. So, um, you know, I think I, I agree with Nick that you know that there are probably a, a few uh, really good use cases, but uh, you know, you know, for gen, you know, for the general idea, um, you know, do you want to wear glasses all the time for you know having useful information in them? about 10 seconds a day mm. um i don't know uh, i don't know yeah. but it's... you know for example there was this uh this girl um who made a uh, uh technology um for the car where she was using a projector to get rid of the uh, blind spots inside so um she would put a camera outside or i don't know where she put the camera but then she would project the camera picture inside the car on the uh, struts so you could see basically through the struts oh yeah. Um, yeah and that's kind of the augmented reality technology that i think everybody would use immediately but you know a wearable you know uh, glasses that what 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 information should be in the glasses do i want to have the Twitter feed all yeah. the day, all the time, or scrolling past know. all the time. Who who knows? Yeah. I think, I think That's too too distracting, and also you know you would probably totally uh, uh, you know shut off from the from the world. Yeah, I I think like any of these technologies, people you know there are people who say it, you know I've got this use case and therefore it will be brilliant. There are other people who cannot see any purpose to it at all um but i think one if if the you know if the smartphone has taught us one thing really it's that once you create the technology people come up with the most amazing things to do with it that nobody ever thought of 
Um, you know, if you yeah, that's true. I mean, you, if you go if you go back to the beginnings of the internet, if you said to people, "Well, you'll be able to carry around the internet in your pocket," most people would have said, "What for?" Yeah, because the, well, the, you know, the use I'm, cases weren't there at that time. So, I mean, I can see both sides of the argument. I, I bought a, I bought an Apple Watch when they first came out. Uh, actually, Apple offered uh, the developers to get an early um, start on this. Um, and I bought it basically because I thought maybe, you know, when I wear it, uh, you know, the, I, I, I get a brilliant idea and uh, I invent something that is essential to, you know, to daily life. And then, you know, but, um, you know, I, I have it for like, what's that, five, five years now. And the most useful thing it does is actually, uh, you know, vibrate when I get a call. So because I, you know, when I when only my phone vibrates in my uh, pants, uh, then uh, I use I, I tend to miss calls. Mm. And yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but you wouldn't have to have like a you know four hundred dollar Apple Watch to do that. I mean, there's like uh, you can you can have like a, a fifteen bucks uh, uh, Bluetooth thing <laughs> uh, yeah, that. So um, you know. Of course, if the technology is there, um, you know, people and readily available, then more people can think um, what to do with it. And there might be someone who has a brilliant idea. Um, and, you know, uh, but uh, it's not it's not a given, you know. No. So I, th I, think I think what I've said in the I think what yeah, I've said in the past, Oliver, is is that I like the idea of AR. I like the idea of being able to call up information about things that I'm looking at. And, uh, and and that idea, but I'm not seeing a, a like a um, a killer feature, a key feature that is everyone would say, oh yes, that'd be brilliant. That's what I'm not seeing. I'm seeing lots of outlier things where actually that'd be quite nice and that'd be quite nice, but but nothing that would sort of say buy me. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. It's yeah. not a given. I think my like a lot of things. I my suspicion is that it will start off. Uh, if it if it you know if it becomes a thing that is going to it will start off probably in fairly specialist areas you know surgeons maybe engineers those sorts of people who can have you know information directly on hand um, and, yes you know so if you're I don't know if you're servicing an engine you know and and then it's like it can come up you know next step is. I don't know, remove, you know, such and such component that it could highlight the component for you. You know, this this is the component or this is where the bolts are or whatever. Um, those sort of things. And if the technology is good enough and if people start to come up with use cases that it will spread, it will either become a very specialist tool and certain yeah. people will use it for very specific things or someone will come up with, yeah, not necessarily one killer, but a, a group of uh, use cases which make it attractive to, you know, the man on the street, as it were. And then, it, but it's not a given. Oliver, that, that Oliver has nailed it yeah, on so, the head there. So, for example, with the Apple Watch, uh, if I would be a fitness bum or a health uh, Person, I have trouble with my health. Then there's use for the Apple Watch, right? Mm. Um, uh, and and that's brilliant. Um, and and then also the investment is quite. I mean, for at least the basic version. I don't know if the if if you want a gold uh, plated <laughs> whatever twenty thousand dollar version, but 
um, you know, for the five, 450 or 400, whatever it is, 400 uh, euros um, Apple Watch, the investment is justified. Um, if if you are, um, you know, have to track your sports, have to track your health. Um, but, you know, other than that, there hasn't been like a great use for the Apple Watch yet. So No, I mean, I... I admit I, I did buy myself a, a Series 3, you know, for Christmas um, with a, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday discount. I, I got it for 300 I think. Uh, or was it 250 Can't remember now. Anyway, uh, you know, less than it was being uh, sold for normally. Um, but I have to admit, I mean, I was using a Series 0 quite happily because I don't, I don't do workouts. I don't track my health with it. I use it to... You know, it's handy for notifications, so, you know, I can I get a ping and it's like, yeah, a message from my daughter or email and I can see if it's important or not. But um, it's, that's not a sort of, uh, it still hasn't really developed a killer use, has it? Although you see them everywhere, you know, so lots of yeah. people are buying them for one reason, you know, and I'm seeing them all sorts of places, you know, and I like really commonly now, you know, you go in the supermarket and... You know, the, the woman at the till's wearing an Apple Watch and you go in the bar and the barmaid's wearing an Apple Watch. It, they are becoming pretty ubiquitous. So I guess people, maybe different people find different use cases for them. I don't know. Um, there we are. So uh, following on from, uh, you know, Mr. Chief Scientist of Facebook saying it's years away, um, I have one from Apple World today, which is um, AR contact lenses. Um, which, even if you can make such a thing work, I think I'd be even less keen on than <laughs> yes, having it close to your eyes. Yeah. Um, Mojo Vision says it is building the world's first truly smart contact lens called the Mojo Lens, a contact lens with built-in display which provides people with useful and timely information they want without forcing them to look down at a screen or losing focus on the people and the world around them. Um, they're working apparently with. Uh, I, I wonder how they want to hide the uh, electronics of that so that it doesn't get in the way of your field of view. Yeah. Probably in the in in the circumference where you know that's yep. outside the. Uh, outside the, your field um, of view, yeah. Field of view, but I mean, you know. odd, oddly, hmm. there's a there's a photograph here. Whether that's actually their lens, but it looks like you know it looks like an eye. It's got a pupil and a um, iris like printed on it so it, whether they're yeah perhaps they're hiding the electronics in that part i don't know um it says here the application of the mojo lens is designed to provide real-time contrast and lighting enhancements as well as zoom functionality um because they are working on um a product designed to help people who struggle with low vision um which is nice that i could see as a you know as a medical oh, right okay application. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that, not the, that makes sense I mean, they're they're saying they can use it to do other things, um, but one specific purpose they're designing it for is to help people with low vision. Um, this application is designed to provide real-time contrast and lighting enhancements and a zoom functionality. Um, well, that would be, you know, I guess if you have, uh, you know, very poor vision, that could be um, that could be a, a godsend, to be honest. Um, they say here, in businesses and organisation, the lens is being designed to give workers or specialists access to real-time information to improve productivity, precision and compliance without having to look down at their mobile device. 
Okay. Um, there we are. There's an article about that. They are working with the U.S. Oh, food and that drug. Oh, means you can tweet, read tweets while you drive, and then <laughs> yeah. the police wouldn't notice. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it then so takes over your car, so you don't crash into somebody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, working with the Food and Drug Administration in the Breakthrough Device Program. Uh, designed to provide safe and timely access to medical devices which can help treat irreversibly debilitating diseases. So, um, yeah, I, cool. it's cool. And um, I'm not sure that I would want to put contact lenses in my eye in order to get AR. However, you know, as a medical device for somebody with very poor vision, um, being able to do enhance, zoom and enhance. Thank you. Um, quite how you would control this, of course, I have no idea. <laughs> There we are. Uh, j- j- uh, yeah, uh, 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 you have to have an Xbox controller strapped to your waist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is one of this is one of the things. One of the biggest things, actually, when talking talking about AR, is exactly how would you interact with it. Um, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of room if you even on spectacles or whatever to have. You know, what you're going to have touch panels on the sides or buttons Wait. or. No, mm, there we are. Um, it's gonna be worse. Yep, yep. So who knows? It, it, it yeah, the, the whole AR glasses thing does fascinate me, and I would really be very, very interested in you know trying it out if such a thing came to market. But um, whether it would become you know a runaway success or not is very, very difficult to tell. Um, well, we're we're kind of run on for a while, so um, I'll just wrap this up with a couple of uh, comments. Uh, Microsoft uh, has ended support for Windows 7. Um, I think that was in the week. Yes, yes, they have. You know. Farewell. Goodbye, Windows 7. Yeah, that won't stop people using it, will it? People people who are clinging to it. Of course not. Cling on to it forever. It just means Microsoft will no longer support them. Um, And uh, I have a link here from CNET, which is upgrade to Windows 10 for free right now. Because um, when Windows 10 uh, was released... Uh, Microsoft gave it away for the first year. You could upgrade for free. Um, and then now, nominally, they will charge you $139 to uh, you know, buy a license for Windows 10. But uh, there are two ways that I know of that you can still upgrade to Windows 10 for free. One of which is in... Um, uh, in this link, which is you can download, uh, you can download uh, Microsoft's own um, Windows installer, um, and that should do it for you, and it will not charge you. And the other one used to be, and probably still is, that if you go to the Microsoft site and go to the accessibility and say, I use Windows and I need, um, I use it with accessibility devices, they, they will let you download it for nothing. So there you go. Um, and Windows 10 as well, uh, for what it's worth, the NSA, this was quite interesting, this one, uh, we won't go into it in great depth, but the NSA revealed a major flaw in Microsoft's code um, to uh, to Microsoft, rather than um, doing what they normally do, which is, of course, keep hold of such things for their own nefarious purposes. Um, there we are. Unusual. But apparently, whatever it was they discovered was so catastrophic that they thought... Um, they'd better tell Microsoft and so they could fix it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's slightly strange because, as we know, yeah, the NSA like to hoard up these kind of vulnerabilities for their own purposes. Um, and uh, I think that's probably about it. Um, 
the United States government apparently uh, fund phones for some people. Uh, they come pre-installed with unremovable malware, according to Malwarebytes Labs, the uh, Boo Hiss, Poor Show, US government. Um, and uh, the EU is considering a ban of up to five years on facial recognition technology in public places. Um, possibly wise. Possibly wise, I think. Yes, um, possibly. Uh, and that's really probably it. Oh, a worth a, ch- a worth a chirp from Mac Jim. Uh, the ultimate MacBook USB accessory just got better, um, and the uh, accessory in uh, question is effectively uh, a MagSafe uh, tip, which you can insert into your USB-C port, and uh, then uh, you can restore MagSafe functionality to your MacBook. And uh, it's, it's got better because it's now available as a square one or as the right-angled, you know, tubular style. Ah, oh, right. Uh, if I had a USB uh, MacBook, I would no certainly have one of these because I do not I do not believe I could live without my MagSafe, I'll be honest. <laughs> right. Yeah, I hope, um, I, uh, and I hope it would uh, fix the problem of the USB-C ports to become... Um, what do you say? Um, their uh, their production margins increase over time, so <laughs> <laughs> so they tend to um, un- get unstuck. So oh, do I indeed? Uh, mm, that, nice. So maybe that's a good solution for that um, for that problem. So it just stays in there, and you just disconnect the power yep. cord with the um, so the magnetic thing. Yep, yep, indeed. It's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, at this point then, I guess we will wrap the show up. So, uh, Oliver, this is where you tell people where they can find uh, either yourself or, um, you know, your company. Well, all, the, all the information about Boeing Software and the products is, of course, on boings.com, B-O-I-N-X.com. And if you want to reach out to me directly, the best uh, way to do that is via Twitter at O-Breidenbach, O-B-R-E-I-D-E-N-B-A-C-H. And I'm sure you want to, you you will put that in the... uh, Oh, yes, that will be in the show notes. Show notes, um, questions about our products, uh, go to our forum, boings.com slash forum. And um, we uh, try to uh, follow up every question there. Uh, it's been fun. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for coming on, Oliver. Thank you indeed. Always, uh, always a great, great thing. Uh, excellent. Uh, and Nick, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. There we go. And sometimes you're on Bart's show, aren't you? Indeed, yes, when I don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, people can find me on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, all the stuff for the show is over at uh, essentialapple.com. And uh, I think that's probably about it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the people who support the show. Uh, thank you for the people in the Slack room. You can join the Slack room by following the link in the show notes. You can join Mac Jim's family-friendly Flickr group uh, by following the link in the show notes uh, to ask for an invitation. Don't panic if he doesn't get back to you straight away. And uh, I think that will probably do us. So from me and the boys, thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.
Excellent. Well done, lads. <coughs> oh, it was great fun. Excellent. So I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Yes, yeah, good to talk to you, Oliver. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Okay. I have to go now and turn on my oven to cook my pork. So, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll leave you boys. All right, then. Enjoy. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen. Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz, from the mymac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI, or Boring Podcast Sleep Induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the MyMac.com podcast on iTunes. Our podcast is many things... (laughs) <laughs> but never boring. Available without a doctor's prescription. The MyMac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing. Side effects include blurred vision, nervous tics, trying not to smile, angry yelling when we say something wrong, and the inability to call our Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the MyMac.com podcast, as it will take time away from having sex, which you normally need to do to become pregnant. So remember, listen to the MyMac.com podcast. Think of the children. Bye. <laughs>